Hey, hey, good morning. It's Buddy's owner and the Arizona Schnoodle Walks. It's a Saturday morning in Arizona. Blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. Only 73 wonderful degrees at 7.15 in the morning. A little bit early. This might be a long form. I just feel like, do I have a lot to say? Or I just feel like doing a little bit of a walk. I guess I want to enjoy this May 2nd in uh, Arizona because we're heating up, man. It's going to get hot. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, did a task yesterday that was a little bit computer challenging, and I probably was putting it off for a few days. And uh, I feel good that it's off my plate a little bit. It has to do with the book, book coming out. I, I, uh, I got this beta group going. Started that Wednesday night. I'm uh, communicating through email, directly, daily, sending a daily update, adding value, giving some value, encouragement. But the sun's out. Bud's here, is ready to go. Seven fifteen. I said, yeah, Saturday morning. And uh, oh, I'm walking by my neighbors. We were gonna do like a two neighbors over last night. We ended up having one neighbor, but this neighbor is coming tonight. So now I got back-to-back nights with neighbors that really don't talk too much. <laughs> so just sharing a little love with the neighbors. I don't know why I resisted so much. We have this COVID thing going on. If you're listening to this in 2030, you know, because there's so much value in there. <laughs> sarcastically 10 years from now or 30 30 or if you're listening to the b-52s and you're wondering about love in the year 3000 and you found this as you're orbiting pluto or some other galaxy well this is what covid living was like in arizona um, our neighbors happen to be from new york city they Came from New York City, Long Island, Man- uh, Queens area, and moved right from there to Arizona about three years ago. They still have lots of family back there, and they're all in the uh, hot spot. Not an iPhone Wi-Fi hotspot, but COVID high spot with families in risk, right? So they were commenting how bizarre it is to be in Arizona, how comfortable it is out here and it is pretty comfortable even though we're heading up to the summer months where we hibernate and really oh i've got a cool breeze i'm not going to have this cool breeze people till september october i mean you, you just it's hard for you to you know if you're not from here i hope i hope i reach out to people who aren't here just curious because this is a curious place you know you can if you're from Colorado, Texas, Louisiana, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, it's just we get in our routines and our environment has a huge impact on us. So my environment is this desert with, you know, really visibility to distance, long distances. Now, it's not as beautiful as, let's say, Colorado. I've seen some people post Facebook things 
for the mountains in Colorado and ski resorts, and there's still snow up on these mountains. Looks beautiful, and they're probably more like 12,000 feet high instead of, I don't know, 2,000. I'm looking at a little quote unquote Arizona mountain, which the rest of the world and the Alps would just kind of gag on, like, what? That's not a mountain, you know. But, anyways, it is what I got. It's what I got. So, that's what I'm looking at. And I'm in shorts, t-shirt, walking down the street. We had a little flyover. They sent the uh, KC-135 refueler out, which is a big four-engine behemoth plane with the fighter jets behind it. Looked pretty cool. Very nice. Lots of video on that. And uh, so, that had some guests over. Uh, reading the last chapter of Paul today. Very meaningful. And, and this is something that I just I just feel kind of interesting about. I read... I've been reading this probably about 10 times now in the last six years. I just keep cycling through it. And I, in the last couple of days, I've been noticing something different. And I'm right by this rattlesnake snake guts smashed on the concrete. I'm sure you wanted to know about that. <laughs> Dead rattlesnake from a couple of days, days ago. Just gruesome, right? And I'm walking by the VB, VRBO people, that uh, beautiful home. They're uh, heading back to Minnesota. So that's a great life, man, when you can get out of this heat. I haven't achieved the greatness yet of that fine balance. I mean, that is, being a snowbird is like the awesome, most awesome thing. You leave... Phoenix, probably June 1st. Hey, good morning. I didn't think he saw that dog. Hey, buddy. Buddy, what's a nice doggy? Come on. I'm going to have to pick you up because you're barking too much. It's a nice big dog. What are you doing there for, bud? Did you want to go see you say hi? Oh, it's just a big dog. I guess he's not that friendly. Huh? So what was I saying here? Um, oh, Bud, you surprised me. That dog came from behind us and you saw him. Hey, you got to stop barking, Bud. You've been a little bit too barky. Huh? So what are we going to say? So the, yeah, the, the, oh yeah, I was talking about the, the good life. <laughs> the good life is is uh, being in Arizona probably up until mid-May, June 1st, and then going somewhere else till September 15th. So what is that, three three months? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the good life. And uh, yeah, especially for, uh, I would enjoy a little German action, although my... A uh, friend in Vegas whose wife is from Nuremberg area. When we saw him last summer, he was kind of like, I'm t- I can't stand being in Europe for six weeks. <laughs> but he, he, he had his, uh, you know, the local, it depends on your local family members that you know over there. 
because they didn't like air conditioning. He was a little too hot. But uh, yeah, it wasn't that hot. But that might get old too. Who knows? But it's just the idea of getting away and uh, being able to be outside. So it's a real gift. There's some people walking, riding a bike. And uh, life is going on amongst COVID here in the desert. So I was saying I read these chapters over and over again. And today it was like, I just realized this is the, Paul writes these books in a certain order. And he, we think that the last book he wrote is the like first and second Timothy, which is his notes to the, uh, his main guy passing on the torch. And, uh, I just surprised at how much is commenting at the end of his life about people deserting him. You know, people just, he just flat out calls them out like, oh yeah, so-and-so left me and went back to here. And oh yeah, this guy left me. And in the last days, people are going to be caring about themselves and blah, blah, blah. American Christians always interpret these verses like, ooh, ooh, Paul says the last days. Are we in the last days? Are we in the last days? Oh my gosh, right? And so too many times pastors and ministers the way they treat the bible is to it's like say oh we're in the last days now and so as you get older you realize you've heard that since you were a youngster so for 40 years we've been hearing about it's the last days it's the last days and yet most of the scripture says we just don't know when it is so that's why i kind of joke about the year 3000 because this is going to go on is this going to go on forever I don't know. There's 8 billion people on the planet. And what, one thing we should all learn from COVID is we have no control over stuff, right? So we, with it before COVID, we all thought, oh, yeah, I got control over this. I got control over that. My life's wonderful. Oh, I've got my 401k. I'm following Dave Ramsey. <laughs> that just made me think something funny. I wonder how many of the 20 million people that lost their jobs are all Dave Ramsey followers. Well, I mean, which is, it's okay. You know, if they, Dave Ramsey would probably say, well, you know, I hope you saved up six months of, you know, expenses so you could pay everything, you know. And then all the Dave Ramsey people are just living large now because, you know, they have financial peace, you know. But if you started Dave Ramsey like a month before COVID and his plan was to get you on his, his peace I wonder what his peace program is. You know, maybe, maybe if you follow the Dave Ramsey thing for 12 months, you will achieve nirvana levels of financial peace so that when COVID type thing comes along, you just sail right through it. Okay. And uh, always, these things always, I always look for, I don't know if it's always, but I quite frequently look for them. There's always, there, there seems to always be a catch in everything, right? So, you know, Ram, like I, I kind of in the back of my mind, I've already thought this thing through, like Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University program wouldn't work in East Germany in like the 1980s, right? So let's say Dave Ramsey thinks up this wonderful 
financial peace university system and process, right? And there's the East Germans, you know, because God is, you know, this is where he's really hawking his program through churches, you know, because just it's his chant, one of his biggest channels besides the uh, radio stuff, right? And this is not meant to be a critique of Dave Ramsey. It's just a commentary. If it comes across as a critique, well, <laughs> I can't help that. But I'm just commenting on it because I think it's interesting. And it challenges the brain, right? And I'm, not, I'm if you love Dave Ramsey and you follow Dave Ramsey, great. But here's, here's the issue I have is like, it's not universal godlike information. You know, he, he pulls like proverbs and all this stuff, I'm sure. You know, do this, save this, do that, do this, do this, do this, right? Well, he conveniently doesn't think of East Germany because, well, why should he, right? Because his market is Americans, right? So he talks about all the American financial situation and our thing, the 401k, the credit cards, the da, 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 right? Well, in East Germany, maybe they don't, maybe the whole government, I don't know, let's put a positive spin on it. Maybe the German government was enforced Dave Ramsey living. So maybe you would say, well, Dave Ramsey doesn't need to uh, teach anything because the whole country had financial peace because the government controlled all the economy. Ah, wow. There's a thought. I thought of it. Just thought, of, oh, yeah. So if, if I, Dave wants to discuss it, he, would, you know, he could take that tactic and say, Oh, yeah, well, you know, we don't need Financial Peace University in East Germany because East Germans have taken it care of for all 13 million people. So, you know, everybody in East Germany has, by definition, financial peace. But the heart and soul of the human person and the envy and covetousness, right? So we know from biblical teachings that the Jewish 10th commandment is thou shalt not covet, right? So a lot of financial peace stuff, Dave would probably fits in coveting. You know, he, he'll take it to the extreme. We're like, well, you know, Americans are in debt, debt up to their ass, or debt, got to get out of debt. And, uh, which is okay, but let's put it through the lens of East Germany, right? So they're human, right? Are we saying that we're Americans and somehow we're superior to East German communists. Like, oh, yeah, well, you know, let's just forget about the day. They're human beings and God loves them too. You know, let's just forget about that, right? Is that what Dave's suggesting? No, probably not. He just conveniently doesn't, doesn't do that uh, thinking, right? And you could probably apply it to today's China too. There's probably like, how does Dave Ramsey's principles work with one point? Four billion people in China. I don't know. Probably not going to work too well, right? So, and he doesn't care because it doesn't matter. And should we care? Probably not. I'm just saying, uh, don't get spiritual university, peace university, spirit. Because you could be. What I'm suggesting is, if you have spiritual peace university, you can be an East German. You can be a Chinese person. And that's where the important 
the crucial thing. So I guess, I don't know if I'm co-opting everybody else's programs. Like I think this is Brendan Bruchard, huge fan. People love the guy, right? I, I actually got his book, High Performance Habits, right? Interesting book. I, I like it because he does talk about strengths. And he's like, well, forget strengths. Well, not that he doesn't he says forget them, but he says, you know, you got to develop habits. You know, these successful people develop have habits, man. Habits. And I'll probably look at it. But the number one success, like what is your definition of success, right? So I'm sure Brendan Bruchard is like looking at success as these guys like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. You know, we hold these people up as whatever, whoever. Maybe he's got some altruistic people in success world. You know, that would probably be a good balance for this Bouchard or whatever his name is, Brendan or whatever, is to do altruistic people that, uh, you know, in fact, I don't even know in the book, I've kind of paced through it. You probably, I would say you got to define what is success for you before you even venture into these habits. Because if he defines success as billionaires, then, yeah, it's just not realistic for us to think of billionaires. Why would we think of billionaires? I don't know. Is that success? You know, uh, dying with a billion dollars. I mean, I, I, I think I've told the story before. I laughed about my dad dying on the same day that Steve Jobs died, and being in heaven. And and my dad's like, "Hey, Steve. Hey." <laughs> my son said you made the worst stock trade in history and you cost $10 billion. And Steve Jobs is going to look at my dad and say, yeah, that's right. But what difference does it make now? <laughs> she, he's going to quote Hillary Clinton. Don't we love Hillary? What difference does it make now? Because that's where Steve Jobs is at. Do we need to die with 10 billion bucks? So where do you draw your boundary, right? This is always... Not always. This is one of my shticks is the boundary. So Dave Ramsey, Boundary USA, seems to work okay. Seems to work fine here, right? Put a boundary around East Germany in 1980. Financial Peace University is meaningless, has no meaning. It's not universal. It only works for Americans. Americans. So that's okay. There's a lot of things that are it's good to sub-optimize. But just remember, it's a sub-optimization. So in Spiritual Peace University, I'm going for the universal, not the particular. So uh, back to Paul. People deserted him. He's writing his last little letter to Timothy. And, and so many pastors, if you've been around Christian communities, probably mostly Protestant because they... They go for the word. You got to believe the gospel. You know, they got all this, this emotional expression of words, right? The word of God. And, uh, and uh, not to be disrespectful of the actual word of God. I'm being disrespectful of the people that emotionally charge their delivery to uh, impact their people around them. So I call that manipulation, but they probably just call it good communication. 
I, I call it emotional manipulation and they call it, oh no, this is, this is how you need to communicate. You need to, uh, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't just stand up here and deliver a message. You got to embellish it, get expressive and stuff. Well, okay. I get some of that. So old Timothy here is like hearing a letter, getting a letter from Paul, from Paul lamenting all his deserters. And he wants his coat. Bring me my coat for the winter. So just mundane stuff, right? So it's like, normally that's the kind of stuff we just kind of read over. And um, and just like, okay, I don't know who these people are that he's talking about deserting him. And then it dawned on me. It's like, oh, wait, wait. There, there's going to be people deserting you in your life, right? So... One of my struggles is is the oh, I gotta have everybody love me and people please, right? So why don't we just adopt the Paul mentality, which is like do your thing, or as I think the phrase that some people say, speak your truth, right? Which I'm not sure I get that quite yet because it sounds too much like I'm making shit up. And I don't I don't make shit up for you. Um, so Paul, it's like, take the Paul attitude. I'm starting to like that because it's like, uh, the harmonious, I've talked about that before. The church seems to, there's so many people in church that just seem to like love harmony. Like, oh, we all get along. Let's just all love one another and get along. And I sort of have that love one for the thing, but I don't have the harmony thing. So I'm the inclusion guy. So I want to include everybody, but I don't believe we have to all be so harmonious and have like the same belief system. So that's probably my biggest contention with the church leaders because they naturally attract harmony dudes, I think. Or else they're like duality people. Like they get together in their little closed rooms of their denomination. It's like, oh, well, we're smarter than everybody. We know what's going on. Then they come out of their little back room and then they put on a show of like harmony and stuff. And yet they still have their elitist attitudes that they actually are the ones that know stuff, you know, and don't question me because I'm like a CPA and, you know, why are you questioning me? I went to seminary for five years, got a PhD, you know, um, so you wouldn't do that to a doctor, would you, or a CPA, you know, oh. or a lawyer. You don't go tell a lawyer what to do. It's his job, right? Well, being a human being and made in the image of God is not a, a uh, learned, accredited, degreed program. It's just biological. <laughs> so... So you're made in the image of God and you have gifts, whatever they are, and you're loved by God. You don't need a degree to understand that. So I'm reading this last chapter. I think it's 2 Timothy 4. And I'm thinking, okay, next in my reading plan is James. So I'm done with Paul. I've I've spent um, 100 days now reading the book of Acts was like 30 days and then 70 chapters 
for Paul, I think it is, Rob. So this is it. It concludes with bring me my coat. And these are the few people I like, like 10 something. Priscilla and Aquila, and it looks like he misspells Priscilla's name or something. It doesn't make sense that it would be <laughs> who geeked out on the translation, right? Because it was written in Greek, right? So somebody geeked out, some monk at some point geeked out on that. And uh, I don't know why it's misspelled. I'm just, it's just funny to me. It's like, what the heck? But these are the observations I make because I keep going back every four to six months or whatever, five months. And then I see something new. So today it was, why, why is this translated with a spelling like that? I just, I just don't get it. So then I have to go look at the Greek if I wanted to do a deep dive on it. But it takes like 10 minutes, you know, to do a deep dive, maybe 15. And maybe I can invest that someday. I'm not doing it today, but I'm just commenting that there's some weird stuff in there. And uh, so like Second Timothy 3 is the, the chapter where the elder was just spanking me spanking me over oh you're you're michael you're always learning but uh never able to come to the knowledge of the truth <laughs> and, and i want you to have the confidence if you ever have some clown like that pulling a verse like that on you it's just ridiculous unbelievable it's really unbelievable actually but it's only because I'm so stubborn and I'm like, no, you're just a dude who's got this t newfound title that elder, which is okay. I don't, I don't mind it. He's a really nice guy. Actually, it's kind of weird. He's like probably the most outwardly loving person in the whole church. Great guy. But his text and the way he communicates is just absolutely atrocious. And, uh, it's funny, you know, and I think there's a little bit of maturity on my part. Like I was writing some things down in my journal. I'm like, oh, maybe I should just email this to my friend now <laughs> and say, oh, actually, you're the one who's not coming to the <laughs> of the truth. So then it gets into this match of like, who's who's not coming to the knowledge of the truth. And I'm like, the whole thing's ridiculous because it's, it's really not talking about relationships of people within a church, which even just saying the word church has this weird, weird sound or meaning to it, right? Because we've bastardized, sorry to use the language, churches into these denominations. That's why the six sola is so important. It's like, We've done 500 years of Reformation. We keep doing the same thing. We think, you know, this time our organization is going to be just right. And it's like, no. We need to, each of us can transform. So instead of me sending a snarky email to the guy, I just let it go. It's in my journal. So, you know, after I'm dead and gone, some of you guys can read all about it. <laughs> <laughs> along with a lot of other embarrassing things in my journal 
But that's the whole point. As a journal, it's my thing. I'm not right about everything. Most stuff I am. I'm pretty good. You know, I get an A. I'm getting an A. <laughs> Maybe an A minus. But I, I, I uh, you know, it's not about who's smarter, who's not. So it's a, it's a loving act. How about that? I'll say it's not a knowledgeable. I could dump knowledge on them and say, dude, you get, you're missing this up. But that's not loving, right? So by not sending him something and poking him, that's more loving of my part, which is a huge transformation because I, I'm moving up the curve of becoming more transformed, more loving. And because most of you are much more mature and farther along than I am, you're like, no, duh, Michael, you, you know, of course you don't do that shit. <laughs> but, but I do do that shit. I have done that shit because I just, I kind of, I don't know what it is. So this is now I'm like in, in mode, I'm moving into a mode of, of uh, rumination about myself, but before, if I, if I can avoid that, I'll try to avoid that and just say, what's in it for you. It's there's, you, you guys may be like super great, loving people, kind. I haven't been <laughs> and I'm okay. We should be okay with that. Right? So if you see people that aren't loving kind, you know, it's not that we're quote unquote toxic people. We just haven't been blessed by God with a transformative experience to be more kind and gentle and understanding, right? So that's what grace is about. And we're all different. We're all wonderfully different. So I guess I'm going back to Bruchard, the habits of high-performance people. And uh, I mean, I, I just picked it up and I started scanning through it, you know, and then People can use that as like an example of great marketing. Oh, this guy's a thought leader and he's great. And, you know, he does have some great stuff, you know. But you follow your path. Like I have to follow mine and I'm going to put out my sick soul because, I mean, I, I don't, it's like I'm not going to, it's a marketing thing too, right? Because like, uh, I think that his stuff is great and I'm going to read it myself. Just like I read Miracle Morning. But it's not on a spiritual level. It's not on a sola spiritu ambulatio way. So I say the real success in life is if you can sola spiritu ambulatio. If you can walk every moment of every day and focus on God's presence in your relationships whether you're a billionaire getting on a Gulfstream 650ER and flying from Seattle to Tokyo or something, drinking some Veuve Clicquot champagne or something, and maybe having an espresso. No, I mean, that's great. But during that 12-hour flight or whatever you got, 10, you know, be kind, be loving, have some joy, right? Express joy to others. And that's what you do, you know? So that's where, you know, it's, it's God working through the hearts of people, through his Holy Spirit. That's my thing. Very hard to put your fingers on it. 
very hard to say like this is the method and you're going to be successful like brendan Burchard, ha habits of high performance what is it high performance habits or something hph man hph hph high performance habits and there's the other guy michael something hyatt he's got some marketing thing too it's very similar i'm sure just like uh donald miller and his story brand i like story brand but there's another guy who's got a story brand too so um perhaps there's not what i'm saying isn't i'd like my thing to be unique right but critics can probably come along to what i'm saying and say oh well, what, what 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 is this ward guy doing he's it's like well he's saying to read the bible well gee that's really nothing new <laughs> But I'm actually saying walk in the spirit. So it's a little bit tricky. So it is walking in the spirit. And if you don't need to read the Bible, if you get that, and maybe you do. But if you don't get that, read the Bible because then you'll see it. Right? So, so it's kind of reinforcing what's there. And uh, I don't know. It's bringing me great joy and peace. I don't know if it's delusion or what it is. But the whole, this whole process of not having a job, right? And my identity and my work. I mean, some, so many people write about it, but you have to experience it yourself kind of thing. What's your identity? And for men, it's really tough, right? Because that's, we're expected to like go work. <laughs> and my, my wife's really freaking out, so. I'm glad I have some people now that I have to bring them into my team and say, help me with this. And, and it's gonna, it's getting better. So there's more peace, there's some more opportunity. And uh, so there's growth there. Bud, what are we doing? He took me on, Bud took me on a longer walk than I thought. So what do we got on this thing? This podcast is 35 minutes already. Maybe I should end it here soon because you're probably... This is, I, I've got about 15 minutes more to walk. But maybe I should come down to some kind of conclusion. Some kind of what's in it for you, what now. I suppose for me, it's the, the aha moment in, in, is the, not everybody is going to um, line up with what I'm saying, right? And... You'd think with the, the Bible beating, and some of you aren't as, I'm a Kool-Aid drinker, right? So I've been drinking the Kool-Aid for 40 years thinking, ah, well, these churches have it figured out because they're, they're based on the Bible, right? So I've been drinking that Kool-Aid for 40 years. And I go all the way back to like, wait, oh, wait a minute. What actually happened in my life? I had knowledge before, but I didn't get it. It was the Holy Spirit that opened my eyes up to the gospel. That's why I have faith, not because I had the knowledge, right? But then I quickly, like just like the children of Israel, I got released into the Exodus. And then I started back in the Kool-Aid drinking again. Okay, well, these people have the right knowledge. Those people have the wrong knowledge. We both have the same knowledge. There's deliver it differently and, and now I'm seeing like I don't like the way these one people deliver it and then I'm like I probably don't like the way anybody delivers the knowledge 
And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What is the what is this knowledge? Oh, there's a living God. Oh, the same God and Holy Spirit and Jesus that Paul speaks about 2,000 years ago is still alive. So, you know, read. I'm reading this stuff through the lens of of a living God with the Holy Spirit, and that's that's what you can take with you. So wherever you're at, you, most of you probably don't struggle with being a jerk like I do, you know, or being misunderstood, or I jump to conclusions, or I'm I'm so I think through things so quickly that people can't follow me, right? So maybe that's the point of the podcast is I have to take 40 minutes walking the dog to mishmash my ideas. And some of you hate that probably. Well, do I really do this for you? For you? <laughs> maybe I just do it for myself. I probably, I have to do it for myself. And uh, I like it. So what's in it for you? It's, you, you got this. Be thankful. Think about the Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit. God, living God. It's, it's a hard concept. It's hard to articulate. It's hard for me to like just explain it because it's not a physical thing. We can all talk about Jesus and think, get images of a guy walking around and uh, speaking to people and getting caught up in a political drama. And he just knowingly is like, well, this is the, this is, my path is to die here. This is this is the plan. Nobody else knows it. So think about how lonely that dude is. And and I may have to embrace that too. Like the, my, I'm on a lonely journey myself because I don't have a lot of people that are like, oh, I get it. Sola spiritu ambulatio, right? So I've got very few people if any morning that uh that are lining up on them right they're not going oh yeah now there's a book coming out what is it oh exactly a month from now even though months are kind of weird measurements it's may 2nd people and on june June 2nd, the, the book is coming out. It's going to be unleashed. It's the six sola unleashed. You know, it's, it's to be a little sarcastic with my local church who's doing the book of Acts. And the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, gospel is unleashed. No, that is not what the book of Acts is about. The book of Acts. It's about the Holy Spirit being unleashed. And because this denomination has a hard time with understanding the Holy Spirit, they conveniently skip over all oh, my favorites in Acts 18 and 19, where Apollos merely teaches accurately about Jesus and Priscilla and Aquila have to teach him the way more fully or something like that. And uh, 
So yeah, so that's what happens. Priscilla and Aquila teach Apollo. So I, my hypothesis is that we still have many, many Apollos teachers today teaching very accurately about Jesus. Oh my gosh, are they accurate? They're so accurate, man. But that is not where the power comes from. And by power, I don't mean magical power. It just means living power, confident power, having the strength to win in the spiritual battles that we face. That you're the hero, right? So you have your heroic efforts. You may have young children you're trying to raise and run a business or you know, doing a bunch of things and you're choosing to do them and you have doubt, like, well, should I, should I be doing this? Should I do something else? What should I do? I'm, I'm a huge doubter, right? So like so many people would say, well, just pick something and go with it, like insurance or something. Are you going to do that? Just do it. <laughs> but it's not, it's the six solo is my passion. This is it. And so I'll probably do side hustling, see how the book comes out, rolls out, see where it leads, work on delivering the message, right? It's in the books, I think it's really, I don't know. It's not perfect, of course, but for first one, it has my core message. And it's not even my core message, it's just like observations from just reading what's going on. So it's not, it's more my articulation of what I see from the scriptures, which is we are to walk in the spirit, to not just have knowledge, but work on relationships, loving people, accepting. Morning. Another runner. So we got some runners. I did my three miles yesterday. I'm going to try to do five tomorrow. But based on this temperature, right, it's like almost eight. I think I want to get on the road at like six in the morning and go from six to seven so I don't have the sun beating on me. And that's the thing for runners in Arizona. It's now getting to the point where I can't just run at 11 in the morning and fit that in it's going to get earlier and earlier and probably in about four weeks it's going to be 536 and be mis and still be miserable until september so there you go people there's my little wine fest wine 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 more wine. Oh, that's right. I gave that little phrase to my little phrase to my jazz woman. More wine, less wine. Right? So more wine, W-I-N-E. Less wine, W-H-I-N-E. More wine, less wine. Bud, you want to go up here? Dang it. He wants to go off-roading. So here we are giving Bud what he wants. <laughs> Is that takeaway? If you have a dog, give your dog what he wants. If you have kids, you're probably reluctant to put a leash around your kid and walk them and just let them walk where they want. Right? So, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm going to end this with Sola Spiritu Ambulatio. One month away. The sixth Sola. What is that? What is that? Is it, does it resonate with you? I hope it's going to resonate with you. It's, um, I got to do some coaching now, too. I like these daily coaching emails I'm putting out. We'll see you know, if people get frustrated with them or not. But uh, it's kind of fun. All right, so grace for us. That's We're not perfect, so we need some grace. Hopefully you have people around you that reaffirm grace. And I probably need to give more grace than I do, right? So if I give more grace, I probably get more grace. So I got a lot to learn and not master anything. So there's grace. Mercy comes from the Lord. Mercy is, is God going to allow me to grow in grace? And all that will get more and more peace. More and more peace. So y'all have a great day. Wherever you are. Maybe you're in South Africa. That's right. Shout out to those in South Africa. All right. Bye-bye.